0: Welcome to the IAH Podcast, where we profile fellows of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities here at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm Philip Hollingsworth, coordinator for faculty programs. In this episode, communication specialist Melissa Clay speaks with IAH director and professor of music Mark Katz. In their conversation, Professor Katz discusses his work as director of Next Level, a State Department-funded cultural diplomacy program. He also describes his research and his current undergraduate course on the hip-hop DJ and the diversity of topics that arise through the study of this pop culture figure.
1: Tell me about your teaching career.
2: I was trained as a historical musicologist, meaning that I study the music and culture of the past and the present, but I also consider myself an ethnomusicologist, meaning I study music in its cultural context uh, from around the world. So I started out studying Western classical music, Mm -hmm. but now I study popular music, in particular hip-hop, and I teach classes on 20th century and 21st century classical music. I've taught the Introduction to Rock survey for 300 people uh, for several semesters. I've taught courses on musical diplomacy, and I also teach a lot about music and technology.
1: With all these things that you're doing, you are you are also you're teaching in the middle of teaching. Can you talk about what you're teaching right now?
2: Well at the moment I'm teaching a course called The Art and Culture of the DJ. It's something I always announce somewhat sheepishly because I imagine the response that people might have.
1: Tell us about be,
2: it. <laughs> something like <laughs> uh, why are you teaching a college course on DJs? Why is that useful to know about? Actually, I, I can defend it very uh, vigorously. Uh, the figure of the DJ is, is really a central figure in modern culture, not just modern music, but modern culture. And DJs are the new rock stars, but it's not just that cultural phenomenon, but that the figure of the DJ and the art and culture that surrounds the DJ connects to a lot of really interesting issues that are relevant to just about anyone. So we talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about the tension between art and commerce. We talk about gender and sexuality. you know, We talk about technology, and particularly technology is a, is a central focus in how technology influences art and culture and the way we experience music. So it's both a, a fun and interesting class, but a really substantive one that also involves DJs. We have in the class resident DJs who mm-hmm. demonstrate for us in every class.
1: And what is your what are your favorite moments in teaching, especially a class like this?
2: Well, I had a great moment just yesterday in fact. I asked the students who like to go out dancing to reflect on the experience of being in a room, often with strangers, dancing to music. Mm-hmm that is being overseen by this often shadowy figure in the corner known as a DJ.
1: I would never think of it that way, but yeah, that's exactly it, yeah.
2: It turns out to be a very profound and complex experience that many of them have, Um, one in which paradoxically they relinquish control but also feel empowered. Mm -hmm. So they give themselves up to the music, but then they feel stronger, they feel um uh, you know more positive about themselves and their place in the world it's a place where you can connect with strangers uh, it's a place where you can have an experience sort of outside yourself and have a kind of a collective experience mm-hmm. um, and so there are some some really interesting connections to rituals that exist in all sorts of cultures and to all different kinds of communal experiences so it was a really powerful but also fun moment to talk about these experiences with the students and I could just see them all lighting up and thinking about experiences that they already had had but thinking of them in a new way.
1: With all the work that you do also oh, we we didn't get to next level please talk a little bit about about your work there because you know you teach music um, you're teaching about the art and culture of the DJ and then you have this other organization next level.
2: So one of the hats I wear is as director of Next Level, and Next Level is a program that is funded by the United States Department of State and is a cultural diplomacy program. It's in the same lineage as the Jazz Ambassadors program that sent Dizzy Gillespie and Louis Armstrong and Dave Brubeck around the world in the 50s and 60s. So I'm really proud of that, that lineage that I'm a part of. And Next Level, though, is uh, updated for the 21st century, and it focuses on hip-hop, which happens to be the area of my research. As director, I'm actually running a a small organization that is not a scholarly endeavor, but in fact is meant to connect people from different cultures, connect Americans with, with young people around the world. And the way it works is that we send teams of American hip-hop artists to countries around the world to work with underserved communities and to promote positive and constructive self-expression, violence and conflict reduction, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship, and really to address a lot of uh, social challenges young people in those communities face. And music turns out to be a wonderful way to do that because what we found is that music in general and hip-hop in particular acts as a bridge. So we can go to a place where we have nothing else in common with the young people there except for hip-hop. We may not speak the same language. We may be of different races, ethnicities, religions, Mm -hmm. socioeconomic backgrounds, and so on. But we can sit down with them and make music together and in Really, just a few minutes, we feel a connection that you cannot find or not establish in, in many other ways that will then set the stage for some really uh, deep and meaningful interactions. And when we leave just two weeks later, uh, we feel like we've known each other forever and we feel uh, like we have these strong connections and we learn from each other. Mm-hmm. This is not, we're not missionaries. We're not exporting culture. We are connecting with communities and with young people who already know and love hip hop and want to share. And we always come back having learned as much as we've taught.
1: So recently you were in Honduras and uh, in a country that is steeped in gang violence and immigration issues and what was that like?
2: So we just returned from Honduras and before that El Salvador. <laughs> these uh, two countries right now are among the most violent in the world. Uh, El Salvador has the highest per capita murder rate in the world outside of a, an active war zone, and both, as you say, are, are really riven by gang violence. It's interesting and, and tragic because the gang violence has been facilitated by the U.S. and that's because, the U.S. played, a part in the civil war in El Salvador and uh, which drove a lot of young people out of the country and into the U.S. And then the U.S. deported a lot of a lot of these people back to Honduras to, right. and to El Salvador, to countries that they actually didn't really know, and deported um, some of the, the most violent people who had uh, immigrants or migrants who had come here. And they took root in a place where they didn't really have strong connections, and the violence got worse. So... It's a very complex dynamic that I'm walking into because I represent the United States. I represent the United States government right. that is not always uh, viewed positively in these countries. Mm-hmm. Yet I also represent, and the team that I work with represents what is considered the very best of the United States, which is its culture and the culture that comes from the African American and Latino communities. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very interesting dynamic. I actually talked with someone, asked someone this question, mm-hmm. a rapper in Honduras, what he made of this. And he said, well, you know, I, I can separate the cultural and the political. Politically, I have issues with the United States. But culturally, you and the group that you brought are my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And I want to work with you. I love working with you. I feel a connection, a strong connection to you. And uh, someone else that I interviewed said... Well, this is a great sign. This is what you should be doing. <laughs> this is what the, <laughs> right. this is what the, the the U.S. government should be doing, supporting yes. hip hop. So, I go in with some trepidation in uh, in countries uh, like that, and or actually in every country we go to, because mm-hmm. every country in the world has some history with the United States. Right. Some yeah. of it is positive. Some of it's not. Mm-hmm. So, I think what we need to do is go in um, with humility and with uh, with open minds and being willing to to learn as much as teach, as I mentioned before.
1: So when you're not flying around to various countries and teaching classes and directing to organizations, when and what does rest look like for you?
2: Sorry, what is that word you (laughs) mentioned, (laughs) rest?
1: Let me look it up. Uh,
2: No, actually this is something that, that, that has been a challenge for me. And I know it's a challenge for a lot of my colleagues, I'd love to read, just like all academics. But the sad thing is that many of us read a huge amount, but not for pleasure. Right. So I've been really trying to read books for pleasure, or just to read outside of my usual circle of or my usual interests. And one thing that's been that I've enjoyed doing is I always find one or or more books um, from the countries that I visit to read. So mm-hmm. whether fiction or nonfiction, and so I've been exposed to a lot of world literature that I wouldn't have uh, experienced otherwise. That that,
1: that is great. What is the most recent uh, book for pleasure that you've read?
2: I just finished a book called Enrique's Journey, um, which I suppose, again, I'm uh, multitasking. It was for pleasure and for work at the same time. (laughs) So it was about, it was connected with my trip to Honduras. Mm -hmm. um, And it was a Pulitzer Prize winning book that chronicled the journey of a teenage boy named Enrique, who left Honduras to come to the United States to reunite with his mother, who had left many years before to make money to send back and with the hopes of bring reuniting the family at some, at some future date. And it's really just gut-wrenching to read what he had to go through to get to the U.S. and these stories often end in tragedy. Many migrants die mm-hmm. along the way, and then when they get to, those who get to the U.S. often don't have happy reunions because there's so much tension and stress. I enjoyed the book, but it's, uh, but it's also given me a, a greater empathy and sympathy uh, and understanding for the plight of migrants. And there are a lot of migrants from El Salvador and Honduras in North Carolina, and we see them all the time. They Though they tend to be somewhat invisible to us because mm-hmm. they're they're not necessarily at the university or uh, or in our, in our neighborhoods but they are an important part of of our state and so that's been you know that was a, a really good book that I, I recently
1: read because you teach music and especially the class you're teaching right now, what are some of your favorite hip hop artists
2: well You know, a lot of it, again, you know, it seems like everything revolves around work, but I take great pleasure in it. Working with some of the artists uh, with Next Level, I've explored their music. Mm -hmm. So, for example, there's an amazing woman named Medusa who is a rapper and also called an MC Mm -hmm. from L.A., and I worked with her in El Salvador, and she is a fantastic performer and artist, and so I've really been enjoying her work recently. She's uh, not... Not on the radio all the time. She's a kind of an mm-hmm. underground legend.
1: What is um, it about her performance that
2: moves you? I think? Her incredible power, the power of her voice and the intensity of her expression. She came out uh, in a performance um, that we had in El Salvador wearing face paint, like wow. uh, almost like a warrior mm-hmm. paint. And she came out and stood straight up and looked into the sky and belted this, you know, amazing just a single note and commanded everyone's attention she's also a dancer too so she moves really well and so it's really that passion mm-hmm. and intensity that i appreciate and so it was a great sort of honor for me to get to know her too uh, a pretty rough childhood or actually life that she's led but she's but she's kind of conquered her demons through music mm. But um, so
1: there's a respect from where she's come from to where she is now too that's
2: right she yeah. uh, she's she deserves and commands respect mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but she's a but she's also fun to be around mm-hmm. you know it's, uh, it's I've enjoyed listening to her her music too, but you know i love I really love a lot of different kinds of music. My favorite composer is Franz Schubert, Viennese composer who lived in the early 19th century. I love uh, indie rock music. I like heavy metal. I like Mexican hardcore rap. you know <laughs> um, you know so, so I, I I like to dabble. Mm-hmm. You know it's it, I take great pleasure in in uh, sampling music from everywhere.
1: Mark, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
2: Well, thanks. I enjoyed talking with you, too.
0: Check back at iah.unc.edu for the latest news on our fellows and upcoming events at Hyde Hall. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on our website, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at iahunderscoreunc.